day that will be. Man, that's going to be a great day. And looking forward to that. That will be fantastic. Well, go ahead and grab your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We'll be looking at verse 43. John chapter 1, looking at verse 43. It's kind of interesting to come here on a Wednesday night, and uh, I almost got up here and said, Ahoy, sailors. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, kind of our first night without Patch Club. And, uh, you know, I'm like, wow, we get to go into the big service tonight. So, um, but no, um, I do want to challenge the sailors tonight, those that are in the room. We've been working on this during Children's Church on keeping and paying attention and writing out the points of the sermon. And so I'm challenging the sailors here tonight. If you can write out the three points of the message, Brother Z will give you a piece of candy after church tonight. Okay, so... Go ahead. I know some of the adults are like, uh, what about us? What about us, right? Yeah, you know, what about us? Um, but no, we've been working on that in Children's Church and working on the uh, them paying attention. And so uh, hopefully that will be an encouragement. Um, man, six teens accepted Christ as their Savior. What? That is great news. And that is fantastic. And the week's not even over yet. The week's not even over. And so definitely be in prayer for that. Um, teen camp is a big deal. Uh, teen, the Lord really works on the teens. It pulls the teens away from the world. And so don't, don't just be like, well, teen camp's over and over. No, teen camp is still happening. So tonight, pray for them. Tomorrow, pray for them. Pray for safety. Don't take that for granted. Okay, I saw a little, I saw a post um, earlier this week. And it was, uh, they, were, they were playing basketball and it was snowing. And it was snowing, and uh, one of the workers said, we should call this snow camp, not teen camp. It snowed like every time. But uh, that, that is fantastic. But that also gets me excited because what's after youth camp? Vacation Bible school. And so looking forward to that as well and seeing what the Lord is going to do with that. So John chapter 1, looking at verse 43. If you are physically able, you can go ahead and stand with me for the reading of God's word. John chapter 1, looking at verse 43. And it says, The day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law And the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, before that Philip called thee, then thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig, uh, fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. And he said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven and open, heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. You may be seated. 
technology. You either love it or you hate it. There's a little very in between, okay? Here's the thing. I love technology. Many of you know. Many of you know that. But, man, it's so frustrating when technology does not work. It's, it's frustrating, um, especially when you're working on a computer and all you want to do is to load a document and it won't open. Or you're trying to format a document and you're like, all I want is for the paragraph to be over a little bit. But instead, you have to move it all the way over and can't get it right. And you want to just flip your computer at work sometimes. And so technology, it's, it's great. But man, it is sure advanced over the years. Uh, thinking about it, even thinking about when I even thinking about when I was in middle school, there was no smartphones. There was no smartphones. In fact, the greatest phone I remember my very first phone that I had. It was a Cricket phone, and it had a blue screen. It wasn't even color. And man, I was so excited. It had snake on it. I was like, oh yeah. And I remember playing that. And then I remember when I actually had a plan where you could text people, right? Uh, kids these days, they won't understand the true skill of T9 texting, okay, where you can do it in your pocket while at school messaging somebody. You're like, oh yeah, that's some true skill right there. Technology has come. Now we have devices in our homes that will turn on our TV for us. We have devices in our home that we can ask what the weather is like. The other day, the other day, uh, Rachel and I, we were getting ready, and we were wondering what the weather is. So Rachel asked me, hey, do you know what the weather is like? Well, I don't, but I know exactly someone who did. So I asked this person that I'm not going to say because it's going to activate all of everybody else's devices, right? But uh, I asked the Apple version of that person, and um, it told us the weather just like that. There's another one out there called Alexa, right? And for those that are watching on live, they're like, great, thanks, thanks, brothers. No, but um, there's Alexa. And man, you can ask anything you want. You can ask Alexa, Alexa, play Baby Shark. And it'll start playing Baby Shark. Alexa, tell me the recipe for this. And then you can even have fun with it. You can say, Alexa, tell me a knock-knock joke. And it'll tell you a knock-knock joke. And man, technology. But there's sometimes where, you know what, you come to the point where you almost depend on the technology for that information. And man, you, you yourself, you're like, man, I don't know the answer to this problem, but man, I can sure Google it really quick and find out that answer. No matter how advanced technology is or what we use it for, can I tell you, it's still limited. It's still limited. Your technology, technology is limited to either possibly the internet speed. Technology is limited to only possibly certain criterias, to certain voice fluctuation whenever you ask, which is, drives me crazy because it never recognizes my voice whenever I try to do voice to text. And so it always messes it up. Here's the thing. Technology, it knows a lot, but it can be limited. Can I tell you, there's something, there's someone who knows everything. One of the most defining characteristics of our Lord and Savior that pulls him apart is his omniscient. He is all-knowing. He is all-knowing. 
God, God, man, God in the human flesh. He was the eternal one who can discern the thoughts and intents of any heart. Only God has that kind of knowledge. We have to understand that God is way more, way more knowledgeable than any Apple person or any Alexa or anybody like that. God knows more. In our passage today, in the scripture today, it's during Christ's early ministry. He had been baptized. He had begun teaching and preaching. And the text records him calling a man. And that man's name was Philip. Verse 43, the day following, Jesus would go forth unto Galilee and, find, and, and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow me, follow me. Here's the thing. Back then, when you followed Christ, when you followed Christ, it was really, really a big decision that you were making. It was a really, really big decision because you were about to have your life completely changed. You could possibly be disowned. You could possibly, it wasn't just, okay, well, I choose, I choose to follow Christ and I'm just going to, you know, do a little bit here and there. No, when you followed Christ, when you followed Christ, you were going to be changing your entire life to do it. So he says, follow me. To follow Christ, that's exactly what Philip did. But here's the thing. When he followed Christ, when he says, I choose to follow the Lord, it was a big deal. And guess what he wanted to do? He wanted to go and tell others. He wanted other people to go and to follow the Lord. One of the characteristics of a follower is that you want to go ahead and you want to tell others. I always, thought, I always say, man, whenever there is a good news that happens, you want to go and tell other people about that good news. Man, whenever there's a sale at Walmart, man, guess what? You want to go and tell people about that sale. Whenever there is, whenever there's a good game on TV, you want to go and you want to tell people. You want to go and text people. You want to go and tell people some good news. Well, Philip wanted that. Philip wanted that. And so it says in verse uh, 45, Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He goes, he had his person. He said, hey, this is great news. I'm going to go and follow Jesus. I know exactly who I'm going to tell this news to. I'm going to go and tell Nathanael. He needs to go ahead and find out and know that Jesus is here. Question to you here tonight. Who are you telling about Jesus? Who do you know that needs to hear about Christ? Do you know someone, one of your coworkers? Do you know one of your neighbors, a family member, those in your community? Who is it that needs to hear about Christ? Who in here needs to hear about Christ? On Sunday, I told, on Sunday, I told the, the kids in kids' church, and we learned about the good news, and we learned about the cure that Christ gives for our sin. And, and I told them that, hey, we have a cure for one of the most deadly disease on the planet, and that is sin. But you want to know what's happening is that we're keeping that cure to ourselves. Yeah. Who is it that you're telling the cure to? 
Who is it that you're going out and telling, say, hey, guess what? There's a terrible disease out there and I have the antidote. I have the cure and that's Jesus Christ. If we had the cure for cancer, we would surely go out and to go tell other people right away. But yet we hesitate to tell others about the cure, the cure for their sin. So here's the thing, though. Nathaniel did not respond to Philip's gesture very well right away. But eventually, eventually he does become a disciple of Christ. But we're going to figure out how he did that at first. We're going to figure out what he did. So the first thing that we're going to take a look at is Nathaniel's outlook. Nathaniel's outlook. It's interesting to note that Philip came to Nathaniel to tell him about the Messiah. He told him about the Messiah specifically mentioned in the writing of Moses and the prophet. Here's the thing. If you want to be an effective person for soul winning, if you want to be an effective person of telling others about Jesus, you need to tell them with the Bible. You need to tell them with the Bible. They need to hear. They need to hear the scriptures. If you just give people your opinion, it's not going to be good enough for them to trust Christ. You need to give them the Bible. Well, how do you how do you give them the Bible? Well, the first thing is, is you got to know the Bible. You got to know what the Bible says about sin. You got to know what the Bible says about um, about honoring God. You need to know about what the Bible is. That's going to require some work. That's going to require you opening up God's word on your own and reading it. Just giving our opinions won't be enough to bring people towards Christ. In fact, it says in Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Hebrews 4, 12, many of us know this. For the word of God is uh, quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and in the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. Even though Nathaniel did not immediately accept the word that Philip gave him, he had some cautions. He had cautions regarding the scripture. He, he, he wanted... Uh, you have to understand that there's going to be people out there that they don't trust the Bible. They're not going to trust the Bible. And there's going to be people out there who says, man, you know what? It was written by, it was written by just some old people. And it's written by man and there's, there's mistakes in there. And there's, but here's the thing, the Bible is infallible. It's the infallible, inerrant word of God. But here's the silly thing is, is that many people put their faith and trust in some other things like a vision. And they said, oh, because I had a vision, they put their faith in that vision. Because, oh, I, I'm going to put my faith, I'm going to put my faith in um, a dream. I'm going to put my faith in somebody else's testimony because of this person's testimony. I believe in this person a lot more than the Bible. You have to understand, when Philip shared Jesus' connection of the Old Testament, Nathaniel was not immediately convinced. He was not immediately convinced. And can I tell you that when you go and you tell other people about Christ, there's going to be some that's going to doubt God's word. There's going to be some that doubts God's word. And you may say, okay, well, 
what do we do? What do we do at that point? What do we do at that point? Well, the thing is, is that in order for people to understand that Jesus, uh, the, or, for the main reason that Nathaniel was cautious, first concerning the scriptural connection to Jesus being the Messiah, is that he didn't have a favorable impression of Nazareth. What do we do is we tell people, come and see. Come and see. You, you don't believe in the Bible? Come. Just come and see it for yourself. Come and see it. Come see West Valley Baptist Church. Come, come talk with our pastor. Come see the people. Come and see. But here's the thing that happened too as well, is that Nathaniel, Nathaniel, he was callous regarding Nazareth. In verse what, 40, uh, one, John chapter 1, verse 40, uh, 46, and it says, Nathaniel said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. He said, come and see that he, Nathaniel did not like Nazareth. He didn't like, he's like, can any good thing come of Nazareth? There was actually a saying, um, there is actually a saying about Nazareth talking about how critical and how they said it was talking about Nazareth and how smart people don't come from Nazareth. They were talking about the wisdom. They were talking about, um, they wanted to know They wanted no intellectual people would come from Nazareth. So he said, come and see. So here's the thing. You may say, well, that's hard to invite people to come to church. That's hard to invite people to come on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. Can I tell you that people want to come and see? A couple months ago, a couple months ago, actually, yeah, several months ago, me and Rachel, we went to this amazing place called Disneyland. And can I tell you, we loved it, right? We absolutely loved it. But there was one place in particular that I came home ranting and raving about, and that was Galaxy's Edge. That was Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Can I tell you, I'm a, I'm a Star Wars fan, absolutely loved it. You can ask Rachel, I was having a great time, but as soon as I crossed into Galaxy's Edge, she said it looked like you were like a little kid all over again because it was fantastic. The layout, it looked like we just stepped into the movie. I got a chance to uh, ride the Millennium Falcon and it was so cool. Saw Chewie, saw everybody. It was great. Took a lot of pictures. I drank blue milk and it was great. My favorite of all time. Can I tell you when I came back, I told a lot of people about this. I told a lot of people. Then, on the men's advance, Adam told me that he was planning on taking his family to Disneyland. Guess what I told him all about that in almost the entire trip there. Dude, you got to go to Galaxy's Edge. It's so fantastic. It's so phenomenal. It's so great. And told him all the things, all the different rides. And, oh, man, you got to do it. And so guess what Adam went to go do? He went and he saw Galaxy's Edge. And he loved it. And he came back with a lightsaber and a droid to prove that he loved it too as well. And you may say, okay, what's the point? What's the point of all of that? Can I tell you, when you witness the people, they may seem cynical at first. But rather getting them into an argument 
Tell them, come and see for yourself. Come and see. Arguing with them isn't going to, isn't going to do anything, isn't going to sway them. When you invite people to come and see, you're giving them a chance to see how Christianity is different. Because can I tell you, Christianity is different. They, man, they, uh, a lot of people think that Christianity is something they see in like the Catholic faith. They, they think Christianity is something that they see on the movies. And they come and say, can I tell you, Christianity is different. They need to come and see that, hey, Jesus Christ is alive today. They need to come and say, man, this church, man, the people that follow Christ, man, there's something different about them. They're not depressed at work. They're happy, which is weird. Okay, and, and, and especially in today's age, and man, there's people, they actually sing out loud. And they seem happy with it. Man, there's an excitement. Man, the it's so weird. They actually want to stay in fellowship after church. Like, like not just a little bit. And there's no food most of the time. And they still stay and want to fellowship. Like, no, you don't understand. They stay a long time. But can I tell you, that's a good thing. That's a great thing. You want to know why? Because... We have the love of Christ inside, and we love to be around other believers. But you know what? People aren't going to get that until they come and see, until they come and see. Remember, you want to go ahead. You want to reach that neighbor. You want to go ahead. You want to reach your coworker. Don't get into an argument with them. Of course, share the gospel with them. Of course, tell them about the Bible. And of course, when you can, tell them. But if they're starting to doubt the Bible, just tell them, come and see for yourself. Come and see. So we see Nathaniel's outlook. Next, we see the Savior's omniscient. The Savior's omniscient. In verse in John 1.47, John 1.47, and it says... It says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Christ's omniscient is an attribute of his deity. Nobody but God knows everything, not even Alexa. Contrary to the teachings of other group, Jesus was not just another man. Jesus was the God man, God in the flesh. Friedman wrote an article entitled, The Whole World is Watching. The premise of this article was that because anyone can post whatever they wish on social media, everyone is a publisher. He states, when everyone has a cell phone with a camera on it, everyone is a paparazzi. When everyone can upload a video onto YouTube, everyone is a filmmaker. When everyone is a, pub, uh, when everyone is a publisher, a paparazzi, or a filmmaker, everyone is a public figure. The whole point of this, the article teaches that we need to be careful in the way that we act. 
because anybody could be recording our actions. But here's the thing. Even before the advancement of technology, even before cell phones and smartphones and Alexas and Siri's and all sorts of stuff, um, it didn't happen, see? Didn't recognize my voice dictation. Okay, but before any of that even came into existence, before Facebook, before TikTok, before Instagram, before Snapchat, before any of that, there was already somebody watching us. And that was Jesus. That was God. He was already watching us before, before any of those companies uh, attempted or uh, starting to do so. Proverbs 15.3, it says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Can I tell you that what a comfort it is to know that God is with us. Can I tell you that God is with you when you feel all alone? God is with you when you are sick. God is with you when you're going through a hard time and you think that nobody else understands what you're going through. God is with you at work when you are stressed out to the max. God is with you at, work, at home when you're just going crazy because of all your, your kids and you're feeling down and you're feeling defeated like you're a failure of a parent. God is with you and God knows you. We see that God knows the heart of man. God knows the heart of man. In John 1:47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, whom is there no guile? Jesus has the ability to perceive the hearts of all men. When he met Nathanael, he knew that Nathanael was sincere. Nathanael was spiritually lost, but he was sincerely looking for the truth. God knows your heart. God knows, knows what you're thinking. God knows, God knows what you're going through. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Jesus always knows who is sincerely looking for truth. He knows who's looking for truth. He knows everything. He knows everything. He knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you want to eat for dinner after church tonight. He knows what kind of dessert all your kids want to eat right now. So here's the thing. I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to think about these questions just in your head. How many hairs are on your head? Some of that, that's an easy question for you. What were you doing 479 days ago at 4.13 p.m.? What will you be doing in 479 days at 4.13 p.m.? When you were in your mother's womb, what did it feel like when your eyes began to form? The last time somebody wronged you, what was your immediate reaction? The last time the Lord spoke to your heart in a sermon, did you respond to the Holy Spirit's leading? Here's the thing. Most of these are questions about ourselves that we can't even answer. Because we don't know. The last two are questions that we may be able to answer, but nobody would be able to answer those questions except one person, and that is God. 
God would know the answers to each and every one of them. God knows more about us than ourselves. He knows. He knows what we're going to do in X amount of days. He knows what you're going to do tomorrow. He knows the actions that you're going to do on the way to work tomorrow on the freeway. He knows, he knows your thoughts. He knows your mind. He knows your heart. Because God is omniscient. God is omniscient. He knows the heart of man. And next, he knows the location of man. John 1.48. John 1.48. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and saith unto him, Before Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. He knew where Nathanael was. Even though Nathanael was a good man seeking the truth, he was still a sinner just like all of us. God knew that. And God knows where you're at right now. God knows where you're struggling. God knows if there's any secret sin in your life. God knows if there's a relationship issue going on. God knows all that. He knows what you need. He knows your desires. He knows where you are spiritually, and he knows what weighs on your mind every day, whether it's finances, whether it's some problems at work. He knows that. Psalms 139, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassionate my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is no word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Imagine the Lord meeting you. Just as he met Nathaniel and telling you what you were thinking at work today. Imagine the Lord meeting you and saying, hey, I saw you. I saw you at work today. I saw you when you were arguing with your spouse today. I saw you driving to work today. I saw you on your phone today. I saw you on your computer today. I saw you talking to your friends, our coworkers today. God knows everything. And so we see Nathaniel's outlook, the Savior's omniscient, and lastly, we're going to see the sinner opportunity. The sinner opportunity. We see here in verse 49, Nathaniel answered and saith unto him, Rabbi, Thou art the son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Even though Nathaniel was a good man, he was still seeking the truth. And God knew that he needed a savior. And he needed to acknowledge that Jesus was the Christ. Romans 5.12, Wherefore, as by one man centered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. So we see here that that Nathaniel had to profess his faith. He had to profess his faith. We see that he, present, uh, he, pres, um, he went ahead and he announced his faith and he acknowledged that Jesus was Lord. Maybe there's someone in here tonight 
God knows who you are. God knows if you're seeking the truth. God knows if you're saved, if you've ever asked Jesus to be your savior. If you're here tonight and you've never asked Jesus to be your savior, can I encourage you tonight, let that be tonight. God knows everything you've done. As we just learned about, he knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He knows your actions. He knows what sin that you have committed. He knows your thoughts. But can I, can I tell you, there's people out there who will go their entire life saying and hiding. And even though they know that they need a Savior, they will not acknowledge They will not acknowledge and they will not accept Christ as their Savior. Can I tell you that it can become a time when it can be too late. USA Today had a front page article about those who escaped the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001. After interviewing over 300 survivors and family members of victims, USA Today concluded that those who survived in the South Tower were those who did not delay but ran for safety immediately. When the North Tower was hit, those in the top floors of the South Tower had just 16 and a half minutes before the United Airlines Flight 175 would tear through their building. While 1,400 people in the building immediately escaped as soon as possible, 600 did not. The conclusion of the study found that those who delayed were the ones who did not survive. Salvation from sin is the same. Can I encourage you? Those who put it off being saved through Jesus Christ often waits until it's too late. If you're here tonight and you're even has a slight doubt about your salvation, get it settled tonight. We have people here that would love to show you from the Bible and how you can ask Jesus to be your savior. Get that settled. Don't wait because you never know what's going to happen when you leave here tonight. You never know what's going to happen when you go to work tomorrow. It may just be too late. Nathaniel did not wait. Once he saw the omniscience of Christ, he believed, and he believed that Jesus was the Son of God. He declared, Thou art the King, O Israel. So maybe you're here tonight, and you're maybe contemplating, debating whether or not you've accepted Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you, get that settled here tonight. That's the first choice. But maybe you're here tonight and you say, I've already done that. I've already accepted Christ as my Savior. I have it settled. That's fantastic. But when was the last time that you were thankful for your salvation? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, I've been taking my salvation for granted. Can I tell you that tonight could be a night where you can talk to God and be grateful for that? The other thing is, is that if you've already saved and you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, who have you told lately about that? Who have you told, hey, come and see? Hey, come and see. Who have you invited? Who have you shared the gospel with? 
Can I tell you that this Saturday, when we go ahead and we go on our vacation Bible school outreach, you want to know what we're telling the kids? Hey, kids, guess what? Come and see. Come and see. That's what we're doing on Saturday. That's what you can do throughout this entire week. You're saying, hey, come and see. For one week, come and see. And I've told all the kids too as well that if they have friends, this is an opportunity for them to come and see, but not only to see, because I promise them that each and every night, Brother Z is going to be sharing the gospel and that this is an opportunity for their friends to come and hear the gospel. Maybe the only opportunity that they'll ever get they get to come. But you want to know how that happens? It's by us going to them and telling them the truth about the word of God and telling them, hey, come and see. Come and see. Remember, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows where you're at. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling at work. Maybe you're struggling at home. Maybe you're struggling with your attitude or your thought life. Can I tell you, God knows what you're going through, and he can help. He can help. He can help with that burden. Go to him and talk to him. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. As the piano player comes, maybe you're here tonight, and the Lord is speaking with you. Can I encourage you? Don't wait till you get home to make a decision. Talk to him tonight. Talk to him right now. Make that decision. Make that choice. If you are contemplating about your salvation, whether it's here, whether it's online, get a hold of someone. Get a hold of us. We'd gladly, gladly help you with that. Let's all stand to our feet. And as Brother Nate goes ahead and sings a verse of invitation, the altar is open.